With a prayer shield in place as our series, How to Talk Back to God, continues, we look at the process of prayer. And again, welcome. This is Times of Refreshing. Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California, continues our journey through this series on prayer, how to talk back to God. And today we take a look at the process of prayer. James, in chapter 5, verses 13 through 18, provides for us a very good look at the prayer of faith and how to develop our prayer life with this in mind. Won't you join us? In James chapter 5, again, verses 13 through 18, let's catch up with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. We've always been a church that prays. This church was started through just a basic prayer meeting that we had for several years. Um, Prayer is what sustains you and I. There's no way that we can continue on in God's blessing if we do not cultivate a consistent prayer life before God. God loves for us to pray. He wants heaven and earth to connect. And heaven and earth connects through prayer. We want to be that type of people. We will consistently be that type of people. Saturday morning prayer, our prayer team, our strategic prayer team, we're, we're getting ready to get that all worked out. All this stuff is a part of what we have always done here and what we will continue to do. And if, if in, in life, it's about mastering the fundamentals. Whether you're in business, whether you're in sports, whether you're uh, f- from a family standpoint, the fundamental things that help you to have success, those things you have to master. A lot of times we want to get to the, 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 the weightier matters. But the truth of the matter is this, is that until we establish a strong foundation, you'll never achieve the greatness that you want to achieve in life. Prayer is fundamental. Studying your Bible is fundamental. Uh, Fellowshipping with the right kind of people is fundamental. Receiving correction is fundamental. Um, Fasting is fundamental. These are the basic things that as we go through life, praise and worship is fundamental. If you can master these kind of things, your spiritual journey through life is going to be powerful will not mean that you don't have any problems and things don't come up, but it does mean that you have the right kind of foundation to sustain you no matter what comes your way. And so for us as a church, we want to make sure, especially the men in this church, you, you have to be, you and I have to be the head intercessors in our home. We have to be the ones leading the charge. We have to be the ones that that stand on our post and guard the fort. And prayer is a fundamental aspect of being able to do that. And so for all of us here in the church, we want to become masters when it comes to prayer. We want to master the art of prayer. Open your Bible to the book of James chapter 5. James chapter 5, verse 13 on down to 18. And I want to talk to you this morning about the process of prayer. The process of prayer. 
Oftentimes we pray and we do not immediately see results and we end up thinking that God has not heard us or that he's not going to respond. But there is a process that we have to embrace. It says here in verse 13, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be what? Healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, this is the, these two verses is what I really wanted to get to. It says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth produced its fruit. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He was a, just a man. Yes, he was anointed. Yes, he was called. Yes, he was a prophet. Yes, he walked in authority. Yes, God had chosen him. But, but it's clear the Apostle James here, that he was a man. And we must never forget this. When we read these stories in the Bible, they're, they're written for our instruction and for our learning. God wants us to gain insight through them because the same God that walked in their lives is the same God that walks in our lives. And the same God that used them is the same God that will use you. And so for all of us, we want to be able to embrace that. And Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed. Somebody say he prayed. Come on, look at your neighbor and say he prayed. Now, this is important because he prayed to God. He prayed. He didn't do some type of fancy this, that, and the other. It didn't say he was caught up to the third heaven. It didn't say that he, you know, he, he did something spectacular. He simply prayed. He simply prayed to his God. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Three and a half years at this man's, at, well, as a result of this man's prayer, the heavens shut up the rain. God said, stop. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. This man, Elijah, just like us, the same God that walked with him is the same God that walks with us. We want to learn that it's not about the stuff, y'all. It's about intimacy with Jesus. It's about walking with him. It's about cultivating a, a relationship, tapping into his purposes because we've developed a relationship through prayer that causes things to, to fall in our favor as we seek his face. Let's take a look at this man's life. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 18, and we're going to look at verses 41 on down the, 
to 46. 1 Kings chapter 18. If God used Elijah, I believe that he will use us. Verse 41 to 46. King Ahab is married to a woman by the name of Jezebel. Through this unlawful union, Jezebel has brought into the camp and exposed Israel and the people of God to false prophets, prophets of Baal, prophets who, who were not inspired by God but were demonically inspired. And she, because of her culture, brought them in and used them as instruments of deception. She basically ran them and they communicated all the things that in essence, she wanted to see happen in the land. Elijah is a true prophet of God. He's been called by God, anointed by God, ordained by God, and established by God. And he is the, the voice of God. God uses him as an oracle. Through a, through a series of events, there is a confrontation. And the prophets of Baal confront Elijah... On Mount Carmel. And there is a divine war that's going to take place. Really it doesn't turn out to be a war though. Because God simply silences them. And ultimately he sends down fire from heaven. To consume the altar that, uh, that Elijah had made as a challenge. And then after Elijah, God responds by fire our God responds by fire Elijah he does away with the prophets of Baal and then we pick this story up here in verse 41 then Elijah said to Ahab go up and eat and drink for there is the sound of the abundance of rain remember it had not rained on the land for three and a half years at Elijah's word so Abraham, so Ahab went up and ate to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And seven times, somebody say seven times. And seven times he said, Go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time, that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now what happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind. And there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now, when you look at these verses here, there's a couple things that I want to I wanna bring out as points for us. Because oftentimes when we pray, it doesn't just immediately happen. How many have experienced that in your life? 
There is a process to this. Now, we know that he is a man that God used. We saw it in the book of, of James. We see the story here unfold right before us that God used them. But the thing I love about Elijah is that he also understood the process and was willing to go through the process to see the full-blown manifestation of that which God had purposed to take place in this situation. So let's draw a few points here. Point number one, let's go to verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, get up and eat and drink, for there is the sound. Somebody say the sound. There is the sound of abundance of rain. Point number one, heaven and earth must connect. Remember, when we're praying, the thing that we want to do is make sure that we're praying according to God's purpose. Okay? There has to be something in our, in our hearts and minds that knows that as we're praying through something, that heaven is in agreement with us. He starts praying and he enters into his, eventually, he inserts into this posture of prayer when he hears the sound of the abundance of rain. He understands that something is coming, that God has released something. The heavens were closed off. It never said he prayed. He didn't pray until he heard the what? Sound. And so for us, it's the same thing. We want to get to the point in our lives where our communion with God is so right that we're not just praying through our wants and needs and greeds. We're praying through God's purpose. And he gets down and he begins to sense that something is going on. He hears the sound. Of the abundance of rain which activates him into prayer. And this is the thing that we have to learn to do. Is realize that God is not going to answer your prayers for your greeds. He is going to answer according to his purpose. People are frustrated with God. People have quit on God. People have denied God. Walked away from God. Or they come to church and they're not happy with God because things aren't turning around out the way that they think things should turn out. But it's not about you. It's about ultimately it's about God's purpose. Now, he's blessed you and he's brought you into his purpose. But the key here is he starts praying when he hears the sound. He understands that something right now is shifting. He's sensing. There's a knowing there's a hearing. And for all of us, we've got to learn how to tap into this. Man, something's going on with my kids. I need to pray. Do you see anything yet? No. But I, some, something's happening. Something in my spirit's not right. God's starting to speak to me about some things. I need to pray for them right now. Something's going on in my job. I'm feeling a shift here. And it's not because I'm disgruntled with people. It's not because I don't like everybody on my job. It's not because they haven't given me a raise. It's just that something's going on in my spirit. And God is dealing with me about this. What we have to learn to do is now, when we sense that God is starting to shift something, is learn to tap into that because God is looking for earth to agree. He's looking for agreement. Who's going to tap into what I want to see established in the earth? I want it to rain. Now, who can I speak to to birth this in the atmosphere and to bring it forth? He had a man by the name of Elijah who was perfectly, perfectly capable and able to pray and to position himself right for prayer. We have to learn to tap into this, saints. 
A lot of times God is speaking to you about things that are on his heart, but our hearts get in the way. He's trying to tell us, this is what I want to see happen. But we're so consumed with what we want that we don't take time to find out what does God want? What does God want for my country? What does he want for my city? What does he want for me? What is this on his agenda? And learn to agree with heaven through prayer. This is exactly what he did. It says, get up, eat, drink. For there is the sound of abundance of rain. He, he began to sense that something is shifting now. For three and a half years, there was nothing. There was not a sound. And now, because of his intimacy, bam, something shifts. Something shifts in the atmosphere. And for us, we have to be able to sense this and learn how to go into prayer. Let's look at point two here. Look at verse 42. So Ahab, so Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel... Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his what? His knees. This is the next point. For number Point number one, we have to find agreement with heaven concerning prayer. Number two, we have to assume a prayer posture. We have to assume a prayer posture. Now, this is what I mean by that. When it comes to prayer, it's not just about the words that are coming out of our mouth. For, for Elijah, it's, it's interesting that not only from a mind, but a soul, but from a body standpoint, he positioned himself right. We know that he was a man of humility. We know that he was a man that honored and revered God. We know that he was a trustworthy man. We know that he lived a holy life. The scripture is full of, of, of his exploits and his character. But, but I love this because the, first thing, the second thing he does is, is he assumes a prayer posture. Mind, soul, and body. There has to be a posture of humility. Just write it down. Humility. What happens for a lot of us is that we, sometimes we think we can treat God like he's our butler, like he's Santa Claus. But we must never forget that he is the God of heaven and earth. He is the holy creator of all things that have ever existed in the history of existence. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He is the beginning. He didn't make the beginning. He is the beginning and he is the end. He fashioned the stars and the moon and the sun. Galaxy upon galaxy is the creation of his hands. All of your hairs and your eyeballs and your hands and your, your feet and your toes. Every eyelash he knows that's on your head. He created everything. When you walk outside and you look at that tree, that's the handiwork of God. When you look up in the sky and see that it is blue or the clouds or, or the firmaments, all that is God. When you look up into the mountain and you see the mountain, how it's curved out and it looks beautiful in its splendor, that's God. When you, when you drive down the street and you, and you just peer off into the, the brightness of the sun, understand that the God that you serve created that. He made that. He thought of it. He put it into existence. He did it for his own purposes and for his own will. 
Have you ever seen a baby come out of the womb? Have you wondered in amazement? Have you stood in awe? Have you said, my God, look at, look at this person that now is depending on me to raise them and to train them up. And you, and you look at God's handiwork and, and, and sometimes God says, you know, things happen even during pregnancy. But at the end of the day, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's still God that breathed life into your body. Think about all the great things that God has done. Think of the magnitude of who he is. And we have the audacity to come before God and tell God what we think he should do. And how he needs to move now. Because I've been waiting two days, Lord. And I am tired of waiting. And we treat God like we used to treat our parents when they spoiled us when we were young. And we see, we see this dynamic that's happening even in the body of Christ where the whole church is all about us. Well, no, this is all about Jesus. Can I have an amen? And we just get to be the beneficiaries and blessers. We get blessed in the process. But it's for his glory. It's to magnify him. And sometimes when we come before God, we don't have the right posture mentally. We don't have the right posture uh, uh, from an emotional standpoint. We don't have the right posture even from a physical standpoint. God, you need to hurry up and do it now. But not Elijah. The Bible says he got down on his knees. Put his face between his knees. It was a posture of humility because that's the essence of what was going on in his heart. He understood this. And for all of us, we have to assume a prayer posture when we become before God. That God, I know who you are. I know how powerful you are. And saints, I read my Bible. I don't know about y'all, but I read my Bible. And I read how God killed people in here. I know God is loving. I know he's compassionate and I know he's full of grace. And I know that he just, he went out of his way to help us. But when I read my Bible and I see people dying and getting eaten by worms, I said, that's not going to happen to me. Can I have an amen, y'all? And I know God loves us. But the same God that loves you is the same God that I read about in the New Testament. We have to learn that our posture before God when it comes to prayer is important. It's key. That we have to learn to get to that place of humility in our minds. That God, I'm praying about this and I know that, that you don't have to do it. But I know you will. I'm praying about this and I know that I'm, I don't even deserve it. But I know that you'll bring it to pass in my life. Lord, I'm coming before you and I'm going to maintain this posture of, of humility from a mental standpoint. That in the kingdom, I don't just get everything I want. I get your purpose, which is enough for me and is the best for me. And I want to pray through that. Heaven and earth are going to agree, but I want to maintain the posture. And this is what you see Elijah doing. 
So Ahab went up to eat, verse 42, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. When's the last time you physically just got down on the ground with your head on the ground and say, God, here I am. I'm praying to you. We don't teach that now in our culture. In the church, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't see God as holy. We don't, we, don't, we don't teach people, even the young people, that, man, when you come before God, listen, even when you come into the house of God, take your hat off and come in like you come in before the king of the universe. People get mad and leave our church. We say, come in here. You know, I can't have my hat on my hair. Nobody care about your hair. You better come in here and get down and say, God, here I am. And some, for some people, that's part of the test. They're not humble. And so God won't bless them. And we got to learn to teach people the, the art of respecting and honoring God. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman, all one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding.